WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. basement tonight welcome welcome this is the spartan sports wrap we are on every monday night 7 to 8 p.m right here with the latino mosquito john vargas my name's dan duggar i host this show every monday like i said from 7 to 8 p.m and i've been doing it for more than a year if you're a new listener uh, we've done we've tried to attempt at what you could call a little bit of advertising um, posting around certain uh, athletic forums that numerous spartan fans may read and respond to and we hope that as a result of that you've joined us here tonight many ways to get in contact with us first of all we have a phone number it's 517-432-3893 and if you're a little shy and you want to hit us on the email we have one as well it is wdbmsports at gmail.com i'll say it again slow it's our call letters wdbmsports at gmail.com big stories tonight first of all raymar morgan and his USA Under-19 team, victorious in an exhibition contest. We'll talk about that. Also, Dramon Green chooses the green and white. Uh, the prized recruit out of Saginaw has, cho- has verbal to Michigan State, all things not official until the signing period in the fall. Also, two former Spartans, Zebo, that is Zach Randolph, and Jay Rich, Jason Richardson, both traded on draft night. We'll talk about their destinations and their futures in the NBA Plus, five Spartans named to the All-Star team. Who are they and who's starting? Also, did any of the Tigers get snubbed? We'll talk about that. I believe so, and we'll talk about who and why. Also, at the end of the show tonight, we'll talk about money in college athletics. Um, Have a budget report of Michigan State's intercollegiate athletics. You'll be surprised which sports made money, which sports that you may never think could cost university money cost them Quite a bit of money to the to the average man in, in, in comparison to, you know, median incomes or whatever you want to call it. But the phone lines are wide open tonight. 517-432-3893 is the number alongside John Vargas, the Latino Mosquito. What is going on, my friend? It's going damn, man. Looking at the looking at the studio today, it's uh not as packed as it was last week. What's going on? Hey, you know, it's uh, it's up and down here. Yeah, in- inconsistent with the with the in studio friends. I I thought you were the Wu Tang Clan. You had so many people with you, man. You had a whole you had a whole group behind you. I was a little worried when I came in the studio last week, but now we cleared it up. It's back to the solo two man weave. The Wu Tang Clan was that classic gravel pit song in the nineteen nineties. Wow, the Wu Tang Clan. Wow. Hey, Raymar Morgan clearly selected to the USA Under nineteen team, like we spoke about last week. Uh, last week he wasn't selected, but we talked about the tryout, who he's going up against, and that he had one of the strongest possibilities of making that squad. He did, and their first exhibition game, they, they play the official tournament in Serbia in, I believe, a, about a week, a week or two. They play in Serbia. So he's traveling far, far away to, to the Eastern Hemisphere. So Raymar Morgan scores 11 points in an ex- exhibition victory as a starter for Team USA's under-19 team. Um, also, uh, a key point there, he played 27 minutes in that exhibition game, and that was a team-high next closest starter or player on the whole team to play uh, close to 27 minutes was 
uh, a teammate that played 21 minutes. So Morgan uh, getting the getting the time, and, and it's a testament to the quality of player he is, and, and also his versatility. Six seven, six eight. He can guard anyone from the point guard uh, to the power forward. I got a question for you, Dan. Uh, with Raymar Morgan playing this tournament, how much do you really think it'll affect his play? In the fall, in the in the winter, when it comes to Spartan basketball, are, are you saying like Will affecting affect? his uh, affecting his wind, like his endurance? Oh, yeah, that like you know you hear in the NBA, especially like when the is it the Pan Am Games or the the Olympics when the Olympics come around, a lot of players don't want to participate because they want that summer off to recuperate from a season. Now I know Spartan basketball players don't have as long of a season, but they are you know NCAA basketball is competitive. Do you believe? That this will have any effect whatsoever. On... I mean, I mean, you look at the collegiate schedule. If if you make it to to the final four, of the national championship game, what you play thirty six games or something in the NBA, a regular season is eighty two games. You know, you're playing every other night, stretches of consecutive games. In college, you, it is rare that you're going to see uh, teams play consecutive games unless it is a tournament like the Big Ten tournament or the uh, the NCAA tournament goes one you, a game day off game. So, you know, one day in between. But it's a grind that, in, in Morgan's case, he's going to have to get used to because, uh, obviously, Morgan is a player that is slated for the next level. Uh, hopefully, he'll be here all four years. Uh, but with his skill level and, and his tremendous uh, learning curve, he's he's been getting better all summer. Uh, he's had a healthy summer. Um, he I believe he has skills in, in moves that he makes on the court that he didn't know he had. Um, this is just a player that is going to excel and it's just an another addition to to an already great team that is returning all of its key components uh, for next season. So Goran Sutan also uh, is in that that uh, Serbia area. He has is on a trip visiting his home of Bosnia. So Goran Sutan, I don't know how long he's gone, but he's back in Bosnia. I believe he left Sunday, so he may just be getting there now. I'm not sure how long the flights are connecting flights and things of that nature. But Sutan traveling back to his his roots <clears throat> excuse me, in Bosnia. But uh, Raymar Morgan scores 11 points in exhibition victory as a starter for Team USA under-19 team. Let's not get this confused with uh, the team that Drew Neitzel is trying out for. Drew Neitzel trying out for, like you said, the Pan Am team, the Pan American team. Drew Neitzel is actually on the road as well. Um, I'm not sure if he's with the Pan Am team yet. i got to check on the dates, but uh, Raymar's tournament is... Um, starts prior to that of Drew's. Um, I know Drew's also attending the Steve Nash uh, Skills Camp or uh, Steve Nash's camp. We'll just put it at that. Uh, he's attending that as well. So a busy summer, but Raymar and all Michigan State uh, men's basketball players, I'm sure for the women as well, uh, very, they have very busy summers. Their summers are arguably, arguably, let me pronounce that, uh, as busy as, as ever because as busy as a regular season, I mean, because they have they have weightlifting, uh, they they're taking class, um, they they have jobs because clearly uh, college athletes are not paid. We'll get to that later in the hour. In my thoughts on all of that, and on top of that, they have weightlifting, they have conditioning, and then they, and then on top of that, they have open gyms where they're expected to go in and compete for for about two hours straight. I just figured I'd ask because I'm sure a lot of listeners are wondering, hey, is this going to affect? Is this going to affect uh, the Spartan basketball players in any way possible for the upcoming season? So, you know, some people might not know that and might not even took into account that the games, the schedule's less. And, you know, even Raymar Morgan is under 19, so he should have a lot of leg left in him. So, Absolutely. You want to get in touch. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap, our number 
323-832-3893. Also, we have an email address for those of you who are a little shy, don't want to get your voice out there. That is wdbmsports at gmail.com. So go ahead, drop us a line, give us a call. JS is behind the glass doing all things engineer, as he always does every week, alongside John Vargas, I'm Dan Duggar. And were you one of the crazed ones that stood in line for an iPhone? Uh, no, I do not have a cell phone, let alone have an iPhone. No. Okay, see, see, that's astonishing to me. You know, a young man of your stature, uh, a rising senior in college, and you don't have a cell phone. But, but I, I applaud you for for being, you know, that pre uh, pre prenatal pre mortal. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you can call me a renaissance man. Renaissance, exactly. There it is. Uh, the reason I don't have one for one thing is it's another bill. And maybe the most important thing is once you have one, you're pretty much stuck with it for life. Maybe not the same number, same plan. But once you have a cell phone, you like the convenience, you like everything that comes with it. And uh, everybody in my family, all my friends have cell phones. So uh, not to say that I'm necessarily a mooch, but when I need to really get a car, I'll, uh, you know, hey, Dan, let me borrow the phone for a second. Uh, but you do have a house phone. Oh, yeah, I have a house phone. Got to have a landline. Got to have one of the two, you know. But uh, uh, there probably will be a day that the landline might disappear, maybe even in my uh, lifetime. So it's not that, you know, I'm, I'm not, well, I guess you could say I'm trying to. I'm not trying to get into it, but I just don't like the thing of being able to be in contact wherever I go, however I am, wherever I am. Play a play on, my friend. Oh. <laughs> hey, also, well, uh, a, no quick note, on there. a quick note. A quick note. Rumor has it Drew Miller, former Michigan State ice hockey player, will be bringing the Stanley Cup to East Lansing on Thursday. Don't know where, don't know when, but, but rumor has it that's his day with the Stanley Cup because he did uh, play the official amount of time to earn a Stanley Cup ring. Uh, had a nice check and pass in game one, I believe it was, uh, to set up a goal, actually. And he'll be bringing the Stanley Cup, rumor has it, to East Lansing Thursday. Now, I don't want to go back to the phone subject, but Dan, knowing you with your multiple cellular and mobile devices, the question, the real question should have been, did you stand in line for an iPhone? Absolutely not. I, I, I stand by, you know, we can't give any qualitative analysis, endorsements of things because we are a nonprofit for those of you who you know don't know why we play PSAs during our commercial breaks if you want to call them commercials uh, so we can't endorse anything we can't promote anything except ourselves we can promote I can say listen to my show but no I do have I do have a sidekick and a cell phone don't just don't ask why if you if you had a sidekick you would understand why yeah I see you in class when I when we had class together you would always be uh hey, wait, punching the side hey, kick up that, you gotta stay on top of your i gotta stay on ESPN.com dot com and in all my websites and stay on top of things now, stay I, current with the with the ESPN news now that I think about it Dan I do have a little cellular device it ain't even cellular device we're not we're not even going there we uh, don't have time not, okay oh you ain't gonna talk uh, about no the we're deeper? not get out of here five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three you're from metro Detroit why do you have a New York accent is what people want to know <laughs> uh, numerous people have come to me your co-host Sounds like he's from New York. Wow, that's funny. I've never been to the Big Apple. I always wanted to. Uh, it's just a natural draw, I guess. Uh, I've been told I have a Latin uh, draw. I've had. I've got a slow draw. Uh, you know, New York accent. That's a good question. Don't know why. Don't know how. It's just the way I talk. Hey, the phones are wide open. If you've got any questions, comments, if you stood in line for an iPhone, call us. Number five one seven four three two. 3893. Also, I'll give you our email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Also, hot off the wire, not necessarily, 
burning hot, but uh, fresh news. Women's basketball has named another assistant, Rich Albro. Once served under Mike Garland at Cleveland State, and we know Mike Garland as Tom Izzo's most recently hired assistant. Uh, he's uh, just an uh, assistant coach. Mark Montgomery was promoted to associate head coach. Um, Albro, the new women's assistant under Susie Merchant, uh, served thirty has served 30 years coaching basketball. Um, interesting connection quickly. Um, he coached under Garland, and Garland was a coach of your middle school team? Uh, was no, it connected with? No, no, no. He was a coach of my high school team, but he would always come and, to the middle school and uh, um, kind of like tutor us and get us ready for the high school game for us 7th and 8th graders that were about to make so, that leap. So you have been in a practice under the instruction of Mike Garland before? Uh, not direct instruction, but yeah, he would give ideas and tips on how to improve your game and what he's looking for in the high school game. Uh, look, what a what a small world. Look at that. Hey, we move forward, though. Gor- pardon me, Raymar Morgan scores 11 points in an exhibition victory as a starter for Team USA's under-19 team. Uh, Raymar will travel with the 12 selected to Serbia to compete, clearly internationally. And I'm sure that I would, you know, I don't, I'm not a betting man and I don't endorse betting, but I have faith that that team will handle business over in Serbia. The un, the 18 and under team won it all last year, and numerous players, I believe six or eight of the 12, are from that team. Uh, tremendous stack team at the, at the least. Mike Beasley and company, David Lighty from Ohio State. But another name that you may not be familiar with has chosen the green and white, Jermon Green. Somewhat of a versatile tweener, as we like to say, a 6-6, hefty, Hefty forward out of Saginaw. Yeah, that 240, uh, at least in the pictures I've saw, uh, looks to be a little uh, deflated, that weight. that looks He looks a little bit bigger than that, in my opinion. But an asset to that uh, to the two aforementioned on this show, at least, uh, verbal commitments, Delvon Rowe, uh, top 10 player in the class of 2008, clearly decided between North Carolina and Michigan State, chose Michigan State. Also, Corey Lucius, back last fall when he came on a, I believe, it may have been an official visit. It was a, the weekend of, I believe, the Notre Dame game. Um, he saw Magic Johnson, all the NBA guys. He committed then and there. So the importance of a, of a legacy, of a, of a program with rich history, history, definitely may have been a factor there. Uh, but I've seen Gr- Draymond Green play once. So you can't really make a, a sound judgment off of seeing a player play once. Right. I could have caught him on his worst day. I could have caught him on his best day. Uh, you got to you know see a, a pan view of things. Right. A, at least two or three times. Well, the interesting thing I didn't mean to cut you off, Dan, but the interesting thing is uh, he originally chose Kentucky, as some of you might or might not know. He was originally a Kentucky. Um, recruit and he did I think he verbally agreed with Kentucky but once Tubby Smith former Kentucky coach was uh, did he resign I believe he resigned or and then he, he went to Minnesota he fr- and, he, and he went to Minnesota after that all took place he decided you know what Kentucky isn't the place for me you know let's choose between let not his next choices were between big blue and big green up here in the great state of Michigan so so those people who are I, I've heard numerous radio analysts if they if they can even be considered that uh they're a little down on on Draymond Green saying that he's not going to be a good Big Ten player some say true he's listed as six foot seven 230 um I'd say he's more closer to 240 uh 6'6 but yeah this is a young kid he's going to be he's a rising senior he's he's going to 
I'd say grow probably another inch. I'd say at least at least to your eighteen, at least an usually. inch, inch and a half. So he's going to be well over six seven. I'd I'd hope uh, when he arrives here. Even well. at this, even at this, you know, stature, he should be fine. You know, for the most part. Um, from what I saw in open gym of Draymond Green, he's got he's got good ball handling skills for his size, and, and many people have noted that and said that. Uh, it, but it, you, more importantly, you look at at the whole the whole view of this of the recruiting class of two thousand eight. And now with with two thousand what is this two thousand eight with Jermon Green the class that's that's coming in now with Kalen Lucas, um, Darrell Summers, Chris Allen, Xavier Allen is his real name is Xavier like Xavier. the like the school Xavier I like that name Xavier Allen out of Georgia, and then an, a a, a walk on a preferred walk on whatever you want to call it he's not getting a scally, Austin Thornton. Had numerous scholarship offers. Decided to come in. And said, hey, financially, if you have the means, it may not, it, it may make sense to some, may not make sense to others. Why, you know, go get your college paid for. But if you're a competitor and you say, I have a shot to contribute, and he does, he is a good player. He would be a star. He would be a stud in the MAC. But a chance to come to a program, and you look at the landscape, if you're Austin Thornton coming in as a walk on this year, you look at the landscape, the next four years, legitimate title contenders in the Big Ten and in the nation each year. You know, you, you, got, you wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, you have a point there, Dan. The, these recruits are looking, uh, Izzo's racking them up, and it's looking pretty good. Uh, the only thing, I do caution Spartan listeners, Spartan fans, Spartan nation out there, uh, when, it, you know, the hype can only become so much, we can... Uh, you know, we can all think of players that were supposed to be great and didn't necessarily pan out. But the one thing that does tell me about Draymond Green is talent, his uh, his overall talent level is uh, Kentucky is no slouch. Michigan State's a great school, so is Kentucky. If you were considering Kentucky and you almost went to Kentucky, you have to be at least a great player. And uh, I, they say Dray- Draymond Green is is one of the top players in the state coming out of his class, uh, coming from the defending state champs. He's a winner. Um, also, Austin Thornton. Schools schools that were interested in Austin Thornton, Michigan State, clearly, he's coming here. He's verbaled. And he's he's, he's uh, probably signed his NCAA. Non-scholarship, Non-scholarship. though. Here's schools of scholarship interests. Central Michigan, Michigan, Notre Dame, Stanford, Virginia, Wisconsin. You know, that's solid schools. Uh, I wouldn't consider them personally on the level of Michigan State as far as basketball elitists. Uh, man, no, no, not even Notre Dame or Michigan, not even close. My point is he was, uh, he like you just said, you named all those schools. He was wanted elsewhere, and he decided to come to Michigan State and not get anything guaranteed but, you know, basically a roster spot. Stanford was really high on, on this kid, Thornton. Not to mention Thornton. Carries, carried a 4.0 GPA in high school. That's crazy. He's not going to be a liability on the team. He's going to do wonders for the team GPA. Right. So an ed, a great addition. And, and the thing about it, when you look at, uh, when, you have the, the, when your squad is this deep, um, this not only translates into success on the court, you look at practice. In, in the last year, last, last season, team, I'm, I'm sure there was some competition between the starters and the scout team, but now when you look at the starting lineup, who they're going to go against in practice against the scout team, you're going to have a, a guy like Austin Thornton on the scout team along with some incoming freshmen and some, and some interior players that are good. You're going you're gonna to compete. The scout team will probably beat the starters every now and then. 
And you look back to 2005 when you had a scout team that included Kelvin Torbert, Chris Hill, and at, t- at times Drew, Drew Neitzel fluctuating between starting with Chris Hill early in the season. When you have sk- that much talent on, on both ends in practice, that helps to the overall structure of the team. Want to get in touch with us? The number, 517-432-3893. The email address is wdbmsports at gmail.com alongside John, the Latin assassin Vargas. I'm Dan Doug. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, your calls, your emails, and more information on Michigan State and Major League Baseball when we return. You are listening to the Spartan Sports Rat. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive. But what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Sunday nights, check out Sitter Spin from 8 to 10 p.m., where you can voice your opinion on what new music we play here on the Impact. Only on Impact Primetime. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back to Exposure. More importantly, you're tuned into the Spartan Sports Wrap right here on Impact 89 FM. We're on every Monday, 7 to 8 p.m. If you missed our show or you miss a future show, you can log on to impact89fm.com. Click the podcast symbol. Click on the Spartan Sports Wrap. You can look at about 30 selections of past shows. So, therefore, you have more than a day's worth of the Spartan Sports Wrap. You can just continuously loop on your computer. That's great. I, I don't see uh, anything else you'd want to do, John, uh, than, than put the Spartan Sports Wrap on continuous play at and, and your personal computer yeah. or put it on the old iPod. Yeah, we're listening to Double D, Dan Duggar, and uh, <laughs> supposedly, supposedly the New York I, I can, I can, I can hear, I can hear the radio dials just clicking off now. Like, what is this guy talking? But no, uh, we need to talk a little bit more about Michigan State basketball and the NBA because clearly we've had numerous Spartans go to the show, to the league. Two Spartans, though, were traded on draft night. Zach Randolph from Portland to New York. Jason Richardson from Golden State over to Charlotte. That was a shocker. Somewhat of a shocker, yes, after Richardson played so well in the playoffs in that first round against the Mavs. Especially him and Baron Davis together really uh, took, the, took the team to the next level and beat the number one overall seed uh, Dallas Mavericks. You know, as as hard as it was to... To see the Mavs lose for certain reasons, you know, you like to see former Spartans succeed. Uh, Jay Rich played out of his mind. He's played well defensively. He he still could could bounce. He still can jump out of the gym. He's got ups. He he's tremendously strong. He's got great size, six six. I just don't understand why the Warriors would trade that piece to the Bobcats. I didn't see it coming. Like I said, it was a shocker to me. Uh, not only that, you know, 
if you watched the NBA playoffs this last spring, that looked like an up and coming team. Not that didn't, especially in the first round, they didn't look like an eighth seed for no, you know, in no way. So why would you get rid of one of your um, crown jewels and kind of? To me, you're kind of taking a step back. I didn't understand the the point or the view. Uh, what exactly, Dan? If you have it there, did Charlotte give them for Zach? Uh, Golden, Golden State uh, traded Jason Richardson along, along with the rights of the 36th pick, Jamario Davidson, to Charlotte uh, for the rights to the 8th overall pick, Brandon Wright of North Carolina. An unproven player, um, hasn't scored an NBA bucket yet uh, for Jason Richardson, a multiple slam dunk champion, all-star 16 and 5, a tremendous rebounding guard is what Jay Rich brings to you, a go-to scorer. You know, a and a much improved shooter than college. He has really added that to his game. And for the quality, uh, you're not having to give up a lot of quantity as in terms of financial uh, loss. Not really loss, but uh, to pay. He's making what? He made ten million last year, just under nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand dollars. And you're getting uh, a solid player. You look. Um, he plays. He played a tremendous amount of minutes. Averaged just under. 20 points per game in the playoffs. So he raised his season average three points in the playoffs. He he's he 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 thrives under in pressure situations. Uh, he shot the ball p- fairly well in the playoffs this year as well. 35 percent from three, eh, not so stellar, but a 47 percent field goal percentage. That's pretty good for. A, that's solid for a guard. Definitely. And, and he's only 26 years old. He he's not like he's an aging Ray Allen like thirty two you know going on thirty two. That was really another shocker. Uh, you know, I didn't you know, see that one. Coming. I didn't see that one happening as well. I think in, in terms of Seattle, it, it may have eh, get rid of Ray while he still has value. Uh, that's a slap in Ray Allen's face, I think, and and as well as sending him to Boston of all places. What is it? The graveyard of your career, well, contemporary NBA. Now Beantown's yeah, that's true. Beantown has a rich history. Now, they have a rich history of but, uh, of other things like racism as well in that well, town. Well, um, Bill Russell will tell you that too. But my point is, um, going back to Jay Rich for a second, you know, there's really only two things I can see why Golden State would want to make this move. One, as you mentioned, money. You know, in the NBA and sports in general. It comes back to money. Um, maybe Golden State wanted to free up that money for something that we're not seeing. Maybe there's a possible trade in the works. But that one and the Ray Allen was a shocker. Zach Randolph, I kind of expected. But the Ray Allen and Jay Richardson trade was something that, you know, we weren't expecting that, especially going in. We were, you know, the whole NBA world was talking about the possible Kevin Garnett trade. So. Yeah, all this talk about Kevin Garnett, but the Knicks, I think the Knicks got a steal in Zach Randolph. Just a year younger than Jay Rich at 25. Makes a, a little, a quite a bit more money at 12 million, but he's coming off one of his best seasons, 23 and 10. A low that low post, that type of production in the low post. You know, albeit he's had his his, his troubles in his in the NBA in his NBA past. But I think Zach Randolph, he'll be fine in New York. And I think Isaiah finally pulled the trigger and Jordan on two quality trades. What a great pickup for Charlotte. And watch, with, with former Michigan State Spartan, Jay, or pardon me, Sam Vincent leading the way in Charlotte, uh, don't be surprised to see Allen Anderson sign on with the, re-sign with the Bobcats as well. Yeah, that was 
like you're saying, they Bobcats could be an up and coming team. Unfortunately, well, you know what? Not even unfortunately, they do play in the East. But I did see a team like the Knicks, like we just explained, getting Zach Randolph. I see the Knicks as a team that moved up their status. Maybe not necessarily a you know a top four team, but they could be a five or six now, especially with the deep low low post presence to contend with teams like Chicago and Detroit that are stacked at the front line. A lot of teams did many things to improve their um, overall status. Would you see any teams that took a step back? Seattle. Um, if I had to say a team that took a step back, yes, they did get Kevin Kevin Durant. But at the same time, um, it's hard to really – I can understand he's going to be a great player. He was probably the most for-sure pick. I mean, Odin was great, and you kind of had to take him first because of the possible potential. But um, Seattle, to me, took a step back because not only, you know, they were probably going to lose Rashard Lewis, but not only that, they lost, a, you know, a, a pure shooter in Ray Allen. So, to me, there was that team took a step back, and uh, they'll have to find other ways to produce points. You want to get in the house with us tonight? This is the Spartan Sports Rapper on every Monday night, the number 517 432 3893, the email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. So, also, one more former Spartan making some noise, free agent Morris Peterson, said to be the number one choice as inter- as free agents go for the Utah Jazz. So we could see Mo Pete out in Utah. Also, Mo Cleves will be playing in the Summer League this over in Vegas, as well as Kelvin Torbert, former Spartan, will be on the New York Knicks summer league roster. Speaking of the Knicks. So they'll go out the 6th through the 15th of July. That summer league's in Vegas. The other NBA summer league, I believe, is in Orlando. It usually is. So between uh, Vegas and Orlando, we should see some good basketball. And we'll see numerous Spartans. Uh, you know, obviously, Mo Pete's not going to be playing in the summer league. He's a proven vet. Uh, we'll see Mo Egger. We'll see Kelvin Torbert, Mo Cleves. Uh, get some burn out there in Vegas. So it'll be good things. The question I have is, as far as Mo Pete going to the Jazz, does this mean that the Kirilenko reign in Utah is over? Because that's what we've been hearing, that he's been not not so happy and he's been talking to the Russian papers and he's been talking to even American media saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not feeling comfortable here. Is that basically what they're trying to do, replace Mo Pete for Kirilenko? No, I, I don't think that because they're not the same position, clearly. Small you know, forwards. Mo Pete's not necessarily a small forward. Yes, he's 6'7", but Mo Pete's going to sit outside at the three-point line and jack. No, not not. it's a bad thing, but Mo Pete's more of a perimeter player than Mo Pete's not going to go take it down to the post. No, that's true. I I thought of I thought of, I've always thought of, uh, Pete is a small forward. You know, Mo Pete didn't have the greatest year last year, but albeit his his minutes were limited compared to years past. You know, you look he had one of his better years in two thousand five two thousand six when he was averaging in, in the high teens, and, and things just worked out in Toronto where he was you know put to the bench. But clearly, uh, among the teams interested in Peterson, uh, we look at Miami. New Orleans, the Golden State Warriors, ironically, uh, Sacramento and Cleveland. So, you know, we look at the, what, the mid-level exception. Uh, he made, Mo Pete made four and a half million last year. Uh, probably get a raise of about a million, maybe two, or right around 5.5, the mid-level that. exception. 
So we could see Mo Pete in a Utah Jazz uniform. That's what I'm trying to get to there. Also, any steals of the draft, and uh, who had the best draft? Really, a team that I thought it really came out well in the draft was Portland. Even though you know their picks, their picks were all solid, but they made they made moves not necessarily to improve their team this year, but they changed a couple things. They changed their culture. They got rid of Zach Randolph, which they were said they were going to do anyway. But you know, they got rid of one of the last bad apples that called them. Uh, I forget the were they the jail the jailblazers. The jailblazers. They've gotten rid of Rasheed. They got rid of Zach Randolph. They gotten rid of Ruben Patterson. All the former jailblazers, so called. So they really, to me, they they're showing that they're really um, down to to really uh, shake this thing up and make uh, Portland, you know, a different team. And maybe, like I said, they'll take a step back in a year. But anyway, they'll be a team to watch for in the future. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. But when we get back from the break, we will talk some Detroit Tigers and the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. Five Tigers selected, and there could be more to come if the fans do vote for Jeremy Bonderman. We'll tell you who made it and who got snubbed that was on the Tigers team. More sports and the Major League Baseball when we return. You're listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9 The Impact. For some high school students, school can be a dangerous place. A lot of gamers look at you as a game member, too. For some, just being in school can be a struggle. I wouldn't go to school. I didn't care about what my mom said. My mom would tell me, like, what are you doing for yourself? You're not doing nothing. But despite all the obstacles, inside every high school student is a graduate. People look down on you if you don't have a diploma. I want to graduate because they say I won't. Go to BoostUp.org and find out how you can help a friend, a son, a daughter finish high school. BoostUp.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Tuesday nights from 8 until midnight, the Impact's progressive torch and twang brings you the best in alternative country and grassroots music. Only Impact Prime Time. You're listening to Exposure on 88.9, The Impact. Phone lines are open at 432-3893. And now, back to Exposure. Welcome back. This is MSU Student Radio. More importantly, you're tuned in to the Spartan Sports Wrap on every Monday night, starting at 7, going all the way till 8 o'clock. I'm your host, Dan Duggar, alongside the Latino mosquito, John Vargas, What's really good? You want to get in touch? The number, 517-432-3893. Also, email address, wdbmsports at gmail.com. little recap of things discussed. Men's Hoops, Raymar Morgan selected to Team USA's under-19 squad. Scored 11 points in an exhibition victory over China as a starter. Played a team-high 27 minutes. Jermon Green, uh, somewhat of old news, but clearly we're... F- our frequency on the air once a week. You know, we have to cover these things. Jermon Green chooses Michigan State over Michigan and Indiana. The 6'6 forward from Saginaw has one year of high school remaining, average over 20 points last season, leading his team to a state championship. Also, two former Spartans, Zach Randolph and Jason Richardson, both traded Randolph to the Knicks, Jay Rich to the Bobcats to be united, you know, historically with former Spartan. Sam Vincent, who is now their head coach. Also, the Utah Jazz apparently are interested in former Spartan swingman Morris Peterson. 
Peterson also receiving interest from Miami, New Orleans, Golden State, Sacramento, and Cleveland, the defending Eastern Conference champs. So um, Mo Pete and his agent have some decisions to make, clearly, and eh, they may take the highest bidder. They may take the championship contender. Clearly, Mo Pete has played all his NBA tenure in Toronto. Also, Tigers, five of them, named to the All-Star team, deservingly. Pudge Rodriguez behind the dish. Placido Polanco at bag number two. Mags in right field, all starters. There could possibly be a fourth. Carlos Guillen and Verlander, Justin Verlander, were selected by the players. And since the manager is Jim Leland, he has the call on who the starting pitcher is. Do not be surprised if it is the young ace, Verlander, on the mound to start the World Series. Wasn't it Kenny Rogers starting the World Series last year? Can you? I just no. You mean you're talking all star? Oh, the all star. Part of me. I'm. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm uh, all. I'm all excited. I believe so. All pumped up for the all star game. Was it Johan Santana? I I can't remember, but nonetheless, Jim Leland has just a buffet of fabulous pitchers to choose from to start this all star game. So if Verlander doesn't get the nod, it's tough. You know, he threw a no hitter. Beckett. You could even say Beckett. Absolutely, but hopefully, Jimmy goes with Justin. That'd be fantastic. We'll see if he, uh, you know, is eating the cornbread. But as many people have argued and, and brought to the brought to the relevance, I love the All Star Game in Major League Baseball because there is significance behind this game, the home field advantage in the World Series. I think this is a precedent that all leagues should should take on in their All Star games. It would be more than in basketball and offensive showboating hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is, you know, oops off the glass, no one's playing D, 150, you know, 300 combined points scored. Yeah, no one really. If you put if you put home, fi- home court, home field advantage on the line in the All-Star Games, clearly football plays their Pro Bowl after the season, you know, with I'd say with injuries in mind. You know, football. Some more, people don't more, even show up. You're more Hawaii. prone to to get injured in football. I'd say in a football all star quote all star game than you would be in, in an NBA or maybe an NHL. You want to get in touch? The number five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. The email address wdbmsports at gmail dot com. So we have to love what's at stake here, John. Uh, are you with me on this, or do you think they should follow? all the other leagues and have nothing at stake and just have all-stars go out there and, and toss a few balls around or score a few goals, dunk a few basketballs. Uh, you know, that's a tough one, and it'd be hard for me to give you a definitive answer, which I know you're probably wanting. But my point is, uh, say you got a team like Kansas City. Every In baseball, for those of you who don't know, every uh, team has to be represented. One on player the, from all 30 yeah, clubs. Somehow or some way. So you got players that aren't necessarily – going to be in the playoffs or even have any real you know motivation behind that and they're you know they're they're going to play because they're ball players and baseball players like you said they seem to as far as the all-star game they really seem to give it you know at least give it some effort not like football basketball hockey hockey you can say they do pretty well compared to the other two but my point being hockey's on its way out anyway keep going I know. You know, I, we, we've discussed this. You know, how many people tuned in to the, to the hockey all-star game? Are we going to put that on you ice? Know, more people are, are watching reruns of Roseanne wow. than are the NHL I hockey. Love Lucy's more popular, huh? And, and you know, people want to say, you know, why don't you cover so much hockey? I do cover I do cover hockey. One of the panelists, a regular panelist, is a Michigan State hockey player. 
can't go wrong there. Right. But, you know, I'm going to cover major market sports, sports that, the you know, I'm going to serve the majority and protect the minority. Okay. All right. Well, but but so you you're split. You can't even give me I, a, a, a straight. I, give me an my, answer. Yes or no? Do you want home field advantage answer. on the line at the All Star game? Yes or no? Here's my answer. No, because players that don't have no business playing. I mean, that they have no business having any income or any out. You know, having any uh, input in the game as far as like Kansas City players and White Sox. Now I'm just saying you can have people. You know. So you're throwing the White Sox in the same boat as the Kansas uh, City Royals? Well, no, no, but the Whites, the way they're playing now. Uh, yeah, they're they're sliding. Hey, New York has, what, lost nine of its last 11? Yeah. Yankees. And they're still on ESPN. They're on ESPN right now. Yeah, there's politics behind that, and we know that. Maybe it's my New York voice. I don't know. <laughs> it is, though. You're from Metro Detroit, and you have a New York accent. I do not understand it. All right, but my point is, players that don't. Why do you always no say business. your point is? Well, Can I get a definitive answer, no, like you said? No, no, they shouldn't. Uh, I like the idea; it's a good concept. I'm just afraid that players that don't have any business deciding that outcome shouldn't, because then when the World Series comes, wh what about the record that you amassed throughout the season? Like, say St. Louis, for example. Let me just throw one on. Let's just say St. Louis. Get there. Let's go. St. Louis and Detroit play the World Series again. Let's say St. Louis has a better record this year. Okay, and the AL team in the All Star game won the All World Series. You know, won the All Star game. My point is, why that would really, you know, that would take the point out of winning all your games to get that best record to get the home field advantage. You got to win your games so you can be in contention for a playoff spot in Major League Baseball because of the minimal amount of teams that are included. That's so, true. so that's why you're playing to have a good record is so you can. Make it to the playoffs. Why have an all-star game if there's no significance behind it? You know, albeit, yes, the fans get to go out and see the greatest players of, quote, America's pastime, although the majority of these all-stars are not from, are not born in America. If you, you know, the whole discussion of race, you know. <laughs> Look at you. John, the Latino in here, is pumping his fist, pumping you know, power, power to the Latinos. Because you're, you're, you know, you're happy. I, I you you got to you gotta love, you gotta be happy. Venezuela, Latin, Latin America. The, the, uh, Dominican Republic, Haiti, Mexico, you know, whole Central America. But, but yeah, that's what worries me is the players, in, you know, that don't have no business affecting the outcome. And the team that works so hard to do so well, and then they would be shortchanged in the big game. All right, moving forward, because I wanted to, we didn't get to it last week. We're talking money in college athletics. We're talking budgets. What teams here at Michigan State were profitable, brought in a revenue, and what teams cost the university, cost the athletic department here at Michigan State? Uh, before we get there, a quick note: who did I who did I think got snubbed? Uh, Gary Sheffield to to begin with. I think Chef is having a great year. He's he's thriving now out of that DH spot, playing sparingly in the outfield. He's thriving. He's one of the most feared hitters in all of baseball. But one guy who made a great catch. How great was the Tigers game last night when Ernie Harwell jumped on and did and did about six or seven outs in, in, in the tier. middle innings? That was great. I had a tear. It brought me back. One of the I'll say the one of the the greatest. Baseball play-by-play -play guys ever. Joe Buck was good. If, if I can have half the success as a play-by-play -play guy, hopefully one day as Ernie Harwell, I'll be satisfied. Joe Buck's good. Don't don't demean Joe Buck. Oh no, I'm not demeaning. But come on, you just hear Ernie's voice in the sayings he has come up with. 
He stood there like the house on the side of the road and watched uh, it go down by. Woodward, down Woodward. The guy from the guy from Lansing caught the ball in the stand. Yeah, how's he know great. all that, man? It was great. Here we go. Granderson, Curtis Granderson made a great catch last night. And and aside from that catch, he has been snubbed, I think, from the All Star team. Among all the American League outfielders, Granderson ranks first in triples at with fourteen, third in doubles, twenty two, and he's tied for fourth in runs, fifty eight. And as you seen last uh, night, and he's tied for tenth in home runs with right, eleven. Right, and his defense—if you watch the game, like you said last night—his defense is always on point. Two eighty-nine batting average, eleventh place, one percentage point behind his teammate Gary Sheffield, who started the year off poor, very poor, has spiked that batting average, uh, eleven uh, ten points now below three hundred. He's on pace for over three hundred total bases this season. And that would put that would make him the first Tiger to surpass that mark since Bobby Higginson back in two thousand. Wow, a blast from the past. Wonder what old Bobby's doing right now. But Curtis, I think Curtis Granderson, one of the biggest subs. Jerry Jeremy Bonderman can still be voted for by the fans. The final voting, um, you know, MLB.com, whatever. I'm sure you can find it. Can't tell you to do it, but Jeremy Bonderman could be that six Tiger. It's between, well, it's between Jeremy Bonderman, Curtis Granderson, and three other AL um, participants. So hopefully. So another Tiger could possibly be in the fold. But if you're Jim Leon, you're going to start Verlander or what? He, maybe you could, if you want to, you look like a homer. Yeah, you could. Uh, has he been the best pitcher of the year? You could say Beckett has too, but Je- Justin did throw the no-hitter. So you got to go with Justin. Birdley ain't in it, is he? Hey, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Because he threw look. the other new hitter, no-hitter from the American League. So if Birdley's, I, you know... You take you take a look at the standings. You look in the AL East, Boston uh, uh, just running away with things. Ten and a half games ahead of New- of Toronto, eleven games ahead of New York. In the Central, the best division in baseball, clearly Cleveland, a game and a half up on your Detroit Tigers, if that's your team. Six and a half up on Minnesota. White Sox slowly falling out of the race, although they've won their last two, six of their last ten. Uh, in the West, uh, what is the best team in baseball? The Angels. Yeah, the 50, team that no 50, one talks 50, about. 51 and 20. Yeah, they don't get the credit. They deserve 51 and 21. Got Vlad. And I, I like watching Francisco uh, Rodriguez, K-Rod. That's, that's one of my favorites. K-Rod, he says. K-Rod. I would think with your New York accent, you'd go with the other Rod. Uh, well, he's he's a great player, too. But now K-Rod, he, I like that stopper, like the Joel Zamaya, the heater. Bring it out, stop the other team. Mags, Maglio still sitting atop baseball with that three sixty nine average. And hey, look, look at Prince Fielder over in the National League. Old, remember old Cecil? Oh yeah, the old Cecil had to hit it to the wall to get around those bases. He was yeah, a he, he was a hefty one he playing for the Tigers. Twenty seven homers. That's second best in baseball. A Rod has twenty eight, and A Rod what over four million votes for the All Star All Star game? Oh yes, the East Coast New York. From what I you know, New York bias. People are going to vote for him. And he also leads. All baseball with 79 RBI. But if New Yorkers love him so much, why are they booing? If they keep voting him in, they New just York, want to see it. They're ridiculous. Okay, albeit A-Rod doesn't have the greatest playoff numbers. Okay, He can't deliver in the playoffs. You're not going to get to the playoffs if this guy doesn't produce like he does during the regular season. So the playoffs are an afterthought without A-Rod. Right. So so you you got to take one with the other. And re- remember, that isn't his natural position. He's a shortstop by trade. All right, I'll give it to you, what? New Yorker. Isn't he? Isn't yeah, he? absolutely. But he did great in Seattle and Texas as a shortstop, and he he's transitioned very well as a third baseman. All right, 
to this segment of the show that I wanted to get to last week that I haven't had a chance to get to is speaking about the numbers in college athletics. This on the cusp of Florida's athletic director getting a reported 11-year deal worth $1.2 million with incentives a year. That's an athletic director. Used to make $600,000 annually. I'll say this in his defense. The Florida Gators, under his tenure, have won 12 national titles in 77 SEC championships. But he didn't make one catch, throw one touchdown, score one goal, dunk one basketball, or block one shot. And he's, he's going to make, what, as much as our co- head football coach Mark D'Antonio makes here? You got a point, Dan, but don't don't you think the AD, the guy who's running the sports department, should be the highest paid? I mean, do you think that way, or you think the coaches should be high, paid higher than the AD? His name's Jer- his name's Jeremy Foley. He's been there for quite some time, obviously, eight since nineteen eighty seven. I mean, do you get my point? The chain of command. So the guy Foley, the guy at top, shouldn't he be the higher paid? Out of, out of his, uh, you know, his sports department. Within the department, I mean, individually, coaches across the board. You think the coach should be hired, make more than the AD? Look, oh, absolutely. But all this goes back to a point that I've said numerous times on this show. With without the without the you know we'll be politically correct for the NCAA without the student athletes, there is no athletic department. There is no revenue coming from. TV contracts, deals with clothing, you know, getting the whatever percent you get from official licensed gear. Without the college athletes, I think college athletes at times are some of the most used and abused people in, in business. Especially those who are, you know, I'm not going to say not talented. Everybody's talented to be a college athlete or, you would, or you know. To, some, to some degree. But my point is, you know, they're talented. They, they wouldn't be on the team if they weren't talented. Yeah, but my point is... When you're a college athlete, especially one that ain't going to go to the NFL, NBA, you know, you're just playing for basically your education. So they should get a, they get, they do get an education, but there's got to be some way that, like you're saying, they could kick back something to the player. You want to chime in on this interesting conversation, the number 517-432-3893, the email address here in the last nine minutes. WDBM Sports at gmail.com. Once again, I'll give you that number 432-3893, area code 517. Florida, their athletic department has a budget of $76.6 million. That's about $10 million more than Michigan State's um, last fis- um, the previous fiscal year's athletic budget. $66.7 million was Michigan State's grand total of revenue um, for varsity teams. Uh, when we look, some of you may be surprised at what sports teams at Michigan State cost the university money. Men's basketball costs the university about $1 million. Surprise, surprise. That surprised surprise. surprise you, I'm sure. Women's basketball, to all those you think, oh, up and coming, uh, they don't cost us money. They cost two. They cost the university about $2 million. Their revenue, $1.1 million. Their cost, expenses per team, $3.1 million. This this all available to the public because we are a public university. Uh, you just go to MSU's website, search uh, budget, and you can look at numerous budgets because we are a public university. As far as you could tell doing your research, was there any 
female or a woman college basketball team that made money was maybe the lady balls. Yeah, I haven't. I I in, I just exclusively looked, looked at Michigan State's budget, right? Because I, we, you know, this is Spartan Sports Rap. We're gonna right. put Michigan State first, and, and if if I had to do that, it'd take it'd be a whole show right. committed to looking at uh, the money involved in college athletics. But just common sense, or just you know, thinking right, you know, straight off my head, I don't really think there is a college basketball team that really makes money. For the university. Uh, you look at the cost involved for for men's basketball fifty eight thousand per participant. Um, a lot of that cost is, is engulfed when health, you you have health. Care? No, when you have no. a chartered flight. Chartered flights are a lot of money to if charter on a whole plane thirty to fifty thousand dollars. How about the bus or some travel by the ground? Do you got that or what? Hey, no, we're Michigan State, baby. Well, we're I mean, we're elite. You, so you're telling me they take a charter plane when they go to Ann Arbor? No, that's it's the only school they do not they do not fly to is Ann Arbor. They'll fly down to Columbus. Makes they'll, sense. They'll, the seven hour drive to Iowa? No, they're skipping that. They're flying. Yeah. You want to get in with us the last seven minutes here? Four five one seven four three two thirty eight ninety three. Also, some interesting highlights of this um, report of revenues and expenses per team. A uh, football. Makes thirty three and a half million dollars. They fund about sixty percent, uh, about yeah, just under sixty percent, I'd say, of the athletic budget. Uh, their cost only fifteen point nine million. So football about seventeen point six million dollars of a true profit, and they and they help cover the costs that other sports like non revenue sports such as track and field. And you look at uh, track and field, they're, I'm trying to find them here on the list, all track combined, $1.6 million ex- in expenses. That's track and field. And track and field is making a meager 114000 So they their cost is about a million and a half. At least they're generating. Um, ge- uh, at least they're generating some. Uh, you look at other sports, such as, uh, baseball, one hundred forty-four thousand in revenues, but their cost, um, nine hundred sixty-nine thousand. So it's about eight hundred thousand in co- uh, you know their cost in the university. Also, you you look at some surprising teams that make a profit at Michigan State men's ice hockey, eighty thousand dollars. It may not be a lot, but that is going to help cover the cost of other sports. Money's money. Men's and women's golf surprisingly make money. I think it may be because of the the deep pocketed donors. And also, is it a thing where it's less um, upkeep? Like as far, you know, the the golf courses are you know maintained differently. And things yeah, you, of that you sort. know, they just hop on. You know, I don't know what their deal is for playing there. It, little or no cost to them. And then you know the size of that team and for, players for have, traveling. Yeah, and players have their own equipment too. I'm sure there's you know costs that they may be sponsored by by Ping Titleist Nike, right? Uh, but. It's just interesting to look at that. Football really is, is is the obviously the number one sport here because of financially what they bring to the table in over seventeen million dollars. Men's basketball, surprise, surprise, they cost the university money. Um, but I, I, I'll pay. You know, if I'm the athletic department for the for the recognition Michigan State gets through our basketball program, that's a cost that you have to take. Like we explained a couple weeks ago, to me, Michigan State is a basketball school. Uh, Magic Johnson in, in this contemporary era, yes, I'd say. Uh, yeah, you know, in the sixties, in, in oh, fifties and sixties, Michigan State football was solid. Yes, that's what I. Uh, you know, been that's told. way before I was even a thought on right. this earth. But you right. do your research, and you know, the Duffy Doherty's, 
uh, the Biggie Munns people involved, and historically the Bubba Smiths, Michigan State football has a legacy. It's just been people have it, it's been overshadowed by the recent success of Michigan State basketball. Right. But it's just interesting to take a look at these numbers. That's um, surprising with the Izzo, too. Re- recru- total recruiting expenses. Um, I don't know how Title IX affects this, but men's teams, 746000 Women's teams' recruiting expenses, 310000 I was thinking on another show, not radio, but television in the area, there was um, a gentleman, I won't say his name aloud, but he said that the Izzo has gotten too big. And I was wondering, you know, I'm sure the university, especially with student and uh, and with groups like the Izzone, is losing money through the, through the Izzone because those are a lot of times cheaper seats, but close to the court. Yeah, they ain't those close. The Izzone is the you know the first ring, right? Oh yeah. The, think about what those seats could generate. If All right, they, I'm gonna end this. I'm gonna end this show on a little bit of an aside. I'm gonna take it from here oh. because I I have strong feelings about this. First and foremost. Um, it, the, the universities are supposed to exist to support the students, to support the people who come here for an education. That student section needs to be the closest to the court. Those are our fellow classmates, at times our friends. We need to be the closest to the court. People have said, oh, the parking on campus, they need to go ahead and pave Munfield over there by the by the ice arena in the Breslin and make it a parking lot. Move Move the intramurals out somewhere off campus. Oh, no. Let's not forget this is a university that serves the students first. It doesn't exist without students coming here for an education. Let's not forget that. Let's oh no, let's not pave Munfield and make it a parking lot so we can get more people to come to hockey and basketball games that may overlap. Oh no. Well, it, and, and when you say, "Oh, we could generate more money if we move the students away." Let's not forget what a university is supposed to stand for. And here we are saying we give student athletes who are Indirectly funding an athletic department because of their play and success, getting a, a priceless education. Oh no, I'll put a price on an education. What is it under about three hundred dollars of credit for in-state tuition? There's your priceless education. Yeah, that's just what I was saying. You know, people had said, you know, why not move, at least move the is on up top so those bottom seats you know the the university could generate more money i just wonder how much of that costs oh you're, you're not endorsing that you're you're just I'm saying just you've saying heard that, that around in schools of thought right and i when you mentioned that financial report i just wonder how much the is on actually cost the university uh, i all that i could find um i didn't print it out but they have you know revenues from ticket sales it's just it's just a thing in my head just a thought that's all i'm saying uh, clearly if you get rid of the is on and put seats there it's going to be you know, people are, they're going to make more money. Because but we can't, we can't forget uh, one of the top reasons a university exists is because students, students go there to get, to get an education. It's just when I heard you say, especially that the, you, the we basketball can't, we, we can't let, you know, we can't let it run away and become too much of a business. No. Like, right. like, like, it, like it, it, it really has become. But, you know, we won't say that. But, albeit, I think, Mich- on the whole, Michigan State Athletic Department is doing a great job. Right. We're, we're, endorsing sports the the non-revenue sports we have a national championship in hockey two new solid coaches in basketball in football women's basketball and football respectively and a new ad coming and uh, a new ad which i think will be mark hollis hands down you know clearly uh but but that's it that's all i gotta say i don't want to go on too much of a rant for right. the, you know 
It's a, it's a wrap. It's 8 o'clock. You're listening to WDBM East Lansing. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap. You miss us, check us out on impact89fm.com. For John, the Latino Mosquito Vargas, I'm Dan Duggar. See you next Monday, or you'll be listening next Monday at 7 p.m. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay tuned to Impact 89 FM for your Michigan State sports updates. Adios. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM.